Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. So, this is something different, right? You don't usually see women up here, except for Sister Oliver. We one time had Sister Kylie, so hopefully this won't be the last time. Actually, I was thinking Natalie, she can be the next one, so I'll set the president and she can follow. Um, nobody really likes changes, you know, it, it's fearful for them. Um, if we didn't have change, though, we would still be riding horses, which would be okay for me. I'd love that, but most people would not. So, um, you know, when Sister Oliver does speak, I always, I was so impressed and kind of wondered why she made it very clear that she was here under authority and where she came from, what she was doing. She was extremely very clear about that. And I'm like, why did she do that? But God was dealing with me. It's like, it's her protection. It's her, it's her covering wherever she goes, because she goes all over. But she makes sure that she is under the covering and authority. So I want to make sure that I'm under the covering and authority. So we should be good. Um, so I'm fascinated by the body and how it works. So, And, you know, I get very a little jealous of Rob and Brother Steve Kiley because they have such great imaginations. I don't. God deals with me in kind of weird ways, though, so you'll, you'll see that in a minute. So just be prepared. Okay, so, um, so this is how God talks to me. Okay, so I was thinking about change. I was talking to God one day. I was thinking about change, you know, like, oh, yeah, I don't like to sit in the same spot, and I like to change, and I, I like to do this. I like to change things up. I go, God, you know, I'm kind of like a ball. I kind of bounce with it. And all of a sudden, he's like, no, no. You're, you're more like an egg. You fall. You crack all over the place. You make a mess, a mess. And then he comes. He scoops me up, puts a little heat there, and makes something wonderful out of me. And it's just like... Yep, you're right. I'm not a ball. But I'm thankful to be an egg because a pliable thing that he can put back together and make, make something. So another thing, he, he, he talks to me in things like weeds and things like that. But another thing he showed me was with change, we, we hang on to things. We don't like to let go. So it's like this. You know, we're like, I don't want to let go of those those feelings or those fears or those people or the, whatever. You can put whatever. But the thing is, you can't do, you can't function like this. I mean, you can. I mean, but you will be, you will be impaired. You won't be. So, and I was even telling Mike this before. Um, when I had something in my life that I was thinking, pondering, and struggling with, it's like, I, in my mind, I kind of let, okay, God, I'll let go of that. And then he brought something around. So it's like, if we open up our hands to God, he can fill it, but if you can't, if you don't open your hearts and your hands and your whatever, he he can't. He can't. He would like to. He's like, and I'm very stubborn, so he takes a long time. But I mean, he wants to do it. Okay, so this is another. You know, it's not easy getting up here, but like I said, I don't want to fear change. I don't want to be hindrance. I want to move where God wants me to move. So, but it's so cool because God reassured me through this whole process. And, and Sister Frazier, God bless her heart, she didn't even know she was part of the story, but she's going to be. Because um, Brother Frazier did all of those flags. And I said to her after church once, and I said, please tell Brother Frazier that I appreciate it because it's, it's a lot of work and it's beautiful. And, and she's like, oh, that's, that's the way he thinks. He loves to do that. I'm like, yeah, but nobody else would do that. And that's huge. Nobody else would 
think to do that. So I appreciate that. And it goes even deeper because how God uses that seemingly insignificant thing that no one else would want to do. God blessed me again with the other day at work. My friend said, Robin, I saw all those flags out there. She goes, did you do that? Because I, she would think I would do something like that, which was a kind of a compliment, but I said, no, I didn't do that. But she goes, for like five minutes, she went on and on how that was so cool and it, it made her appreciate our church and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, see, God took that, which probably no one even ever thought about, and it was cool because God used someone I knew to tell me about that. So that's what I mean. He was reassuring me all along that the little things are really important. And another person that I am so grateful for is Jeff Paborski because he loves to make the to church beautiful. And I like it nice, but he that's his passion. He loves to do it. He's out there watering all the time. It, it's just amazing because it's beautiful and we don't have to do it and he loves to do it. So it works. And then finally, the last um, example that God really blessed it was with the situation with Priscilla and how Brother Kylie called for the church to be a body, to pray, and to be unified in one accord and to stand in the gap for her. And that's what I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight. It's about the body. I want to clarify kind of a little bit of the function of the body and um, expose some lies. And you know what? Really, we already know most of the lies in our life. We really do. But I think it's helpful. And like I said, I'm, I don't hold on to this and cling to that. But unfortunately, I'm stubborn. I need to hear things a lot. So um, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In Psalms 139 and 14, it says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a very simple-minded person, so I often ask God when I question something, what should that look like, or what do you mean? Then I say, okay, I understand what you're trying to say to me, but what do I do with what I know? And what I'm hoping to share with you tonight is what God has shown me through a life-changing event Several years ago, I injured my knee and needed knee surgery. Doesn't sound like a very life-changing event, but to someone who was very active, it was difficult. And to add to that, I had several complications with the the recovery. Yeah, sure. You see, I had a trauma to my body, which made me stop and value how I would go through with this change in my life. Through all of this, I've learned a lot about the body and how it functions and what it it means to be healthy. The body is resilient and very adaptable. It will go to great length to keep its body parts functioning, even at its own detriment. If a body part is injured, other parts, muscles, ligaments will step in and carry the injured part's load. That sounds really nice, except when the injured part doesn't start healing and getting the strength back to do the job that it was created for. It then creates an imbalance in the body, and pain is usually the, the result. But pain is not always bad. It warns us when something in the body is not right. The way this relates to the church is that church has many parts, and it is so important for us as a body to figure out what our gifts, talents, and strengths are, so we can help when we need to, to um, so we can help when we need, but to learn our own positions so we can be healthy, strong body for our sisters and brothers and for the lost. We all have a purpose and a position we are called to fill. There is no small or insignificant parts. What makes our gifts and talents effective is our connection to God to fulfill his plan in us and through us. Sorry. So Christ is the head of the church. It's our head. So we need to be Christ-minded. 
to be a healthy body. In Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things he might have preeminence. Okay, I like class participation. So what do you think some of the major functions of the body are? I've picked two. Walking, okay. Breathing, good. Anybody else want to take a stab? The heart, okay. I was looking for something. These are my answers, which none of them are wrong. Protection and provision. The church is a protector, safe place for healing, restoration, transformation, salvation, and just just a covering. We are his body. In 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 27, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, as it therefore not of the body. If the whole body were the eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where was the smelling? But now God has set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. And that's the key. It has pleased him. I think we get a little messed up because, well, I speak for myself. You see someone else have a talent that you would like or whatever. That's not what God gave you. And we get a little messed up when we think we want something that God doesn't want for us. But God knows best. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, but yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Because what would that be? It would be a, an unhealthy body. It wouldn't be able to move. Nay, I much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which think to be less honorable upon those we bestow more honor, abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, giving more abundant honor to the part which lacketh. Um, that were, there should be no schism in the body, but that the mender, members should have the same care one for another. So if we're trying to be a healthy, strong body, if we should be looking at the other parts. If the other part is lacking, we should be trying to just momentarily pulling them in and strengthening those body parts so they get stronger so that they can go and do their own job. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer to, with it. Or with mo- one member honor, all mem- members rejoice with it. That reminds me of Priscilla. We got together, we bound together to, to stand in the gap for her. But we do that for others, uh, all of us, together. That's what the body does. When we work together, things can be, well, unity. It's, it's unity as well. Um, now, we are the body of Christ and members in particular. Okay, the enemy fills us with thoughts like, I'm not this, or I'm not that, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. When I hear people say that, I want to go, oh, please don't say that. Because <laughs> we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And not that I don't struggle with that myself. You know, I, I am learning as, this, as I'm speaking. But um, I'm just very aware, you know, it's like, we can, you can. And I thought, too, that... You know, I try to rearrange my words even because try to change them from a a negative to a positive. That changed the way your brain works. I am like a freak about the way things, personalities are and and minds because it's very interesting. If you do any study on that, how people learn and how people, it's just fascinating. So just by changing the way you say something can change the way you think and then it can get into your heart and change the whole, the whole body. 
So we need to start seeing what we are in Christ and not what we aren't. He says we are overcomers, strong in the power of his might, victorious. So I'm going to give us some scriptures so we don't forget. Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31, but they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings eagles, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And this sounds like a really easy thing, but I bet most of you would say it's hard to wait. It's hard to sit. It's hard to be still. I am a very kinetic person. I like to move, 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 and to get have God get me. I'm really working on that, trying to to be stilling myself, so I hear that still small voice. But waiting is, is not easy. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the end of Je- the day of Jesus Christ. That is one of my favorites. Because when I get frustrated with myself or with things or whatever, I just try to hide me under the shadow of your wings and you have started this you will not you will not leave me you will finish a good work and you know it's really cool because he has been i mean just if i look at myself a month or so ago and i can't even tell you what the trigger was but something changed in me because i was so thankful because i was struggling with things of the old stuff and and hopefully prayerfully i will keep going forward but it's just I, i'm feeling this confidence i never had before and i think it's because i'm trying i'm tired of being a people pleaser i'm tired of worrying about all this other stuff i'm just trying to hear god and i'm just trying to know what he wants for me and know how he wants me to help the body so i'm thinking that's kind of what it was but i'm going to keep doing it <laughs> romans 8:37 and 39 Yea, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But we always heard this before. That ending is you can separate yourself. You can get in your mind and your heart twisted and and you don't want to be in a place like that. So you are the only one that can separate yourself from God. First Peter 2.9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is one of my favorites too because I, I don't care anymore that I'm peculiar because he has brought me out of the darkness into this marvelous light. So I don't I'm getting to the place where I just don't, I don't care in a good way, not in a bad way. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And if Jesus said that, then I want that. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to be, I just want to be the same. I want to grow. And he says I can be new, and I'm going to cling on to it. It's been a fight. It's been a, I mean, my poor husband, I can tell you. It, you struggle with yourself. You struggle with those thoughts. You struggle with those feelings. But that's what it is. But um, we are more than conquerors if we don't give up. Um, 2 Corinthians 2.14 
Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Okay, Jesus brought Lazarus to life, but he told the onlookers to loose him. We, the church, are supposed to be equipped to help, the, the, help free the lost. God covers our minds, but we need to fill it with his word. We, the church, can be ready to give an account of the hope, the salvation that is in Christ. His word will provide that. We have a warning in Acts. Ananias and Sapphira kept back part of themselves. They kept part of their money, but for my purpose, I'm giving you the example of, they, keep, they kept back something of themselves. They were greedy, maybe, or they were fearful that they wouldn't have enough, or whatever it was. They held back something, and it didn't end well for them. So I think God is okay with us struggling with things, but I think, I don't know. Does he have a time where he says, well, if you want to be that way, then go. I think his hand is stretched out still, but, you know, I just, you just wonder. You know, I don't want to frustrate God by taking too long. So I don't want to be like Ananias or Sapphira. Um, spiritual, the spiritual body, is some of the self-preservation things that it does is, is fears. It, it's the way we react to things. Our motives, we have to check our motives. And I have a, a kind of a cute story. Again, God provided another one just on Sunday. Um, we were talking to a lady and she said, she was struggling because she was doing something God told her to do. God told her to go be nice to her neighbor and be friendly, and she was, but this lady was not being very nice back. And so she was kind of annoyed because she wanted this lady to be nice back. And she got checked. You know, she checked herself, and she got checked that that's not the way it's supposed to be. If we do, God asks you to do something, you do it with no strings attached and wait for his... Um, his whatever he decides to do. But I just thought it was really cute, number one, how God provided that story for me, and number two, how you know she received it. It was, it was pretty cool. Okay, so what are we holding back, and why are we holding it back? What could happen if we would let go of what is, what is holding us back? It seems that God is trying so very hard to get us to move out of our fears and trust him. Fear always is at the root of what holds us back from God, from others, and from stepping out and doing something different. We don't even give God a chance to help us sometimes. We just sit, step back from the pain or discomfort, the discomfort he is using to try and get our attention. What if we decided to lean into the pain, the unknown, and trust that he, has, he will do great things instead of hiding in fear? We give too much credit to the devil. Our flesh is the problem. We need to take responsibility for it. We can recognize the fear, because we will have fear. It's just the way it is. It's the battle. But if we ask God to help us through, instead of backing away or hiding or, or reacting in a defensive way that deflects what God is really trying to do with us, what, what would happen if we, we actually let him um, find those hidden places? Um, we all have blind spots or weaknesses. But I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think your weaknesses can be your strengths and your strengths can be your weaknesses. Because coming back to me, being a little stubborn sometimes, that has been bad for me when I haven't checked it. But it's been very good for me because it keeps me in the church because I don't like the devil to, I'll get, like, don't want him to get me sideways or whatever. I, I'm stubborn in other ways that keep me where I need to be. So I think if you have a, a weakness, try and turn that around as a positive as well. If we, and a lot of times we just see our weaknesses as weaknesses, and they may not even be weaknesses. 
<clears throat> okay, so the, the physical body, some of the invisible things that are in our body that we don't know about are bacteria, funguses, parasites, our intestines. These are the things that we usually don't even think about unless we have an outward problem. Um, they can be the most dangerous because they are hidden. God wants to expose the things in us like wrong motives, lies we tell ourselves, or those that, we have, been, that have been told to us. We need to believe what God says. And um, God gave me another example a couple weeks ago um, about the things that you don't even think that were in your past or whatever. And this is just a fear that I had. Um, my mom had poodles when I was little. And one of the neighbors, the neighbor's dog came and cornered the poodle in the, and, and he killed it. Killed. So I never even really thought about that too much. But then we moved out to the country, and now when I put my little dog out there, all of a sudden I noticed I'm having this fear that there's a wolf or something out there going to come and get my dog. And I'm like, man, that was so long ago. Never thought about it before, but it, it came back. But it's like, it's just amazing again how the mind works and how the devil will use that, those seemingly insignificant things, even to just to distract you. You know, fear doesn't have to be like a paralyzing, overwhelming thing. It can be something that just distracts you or just keeps you diverted from the path that God was wanting you to go on. And I think those are actually the, the sneakiest of all of the fears because they're so subtle. And it's like, well, what? that's not a big deal or whatever. But, and it may not be, but if it's distracting you from what God wants you to do, then it is. So hidden things sometimes from the past, the way you were brought up, keep you back. You may not even know it until there's something that shows it to you, like it did with my, my little dog. When God does reveal these hidden things, what do we do? Protect ourselves with anger or defensiveness, apathy, or some other kind of things we like to put up, walls we like to create. You know, we like to keep people and situations at a distance. Or are we trusting God to protect us when he exposes the secret parts? Pain is an indicator. Emotions, they can't, they're not bad, but emotions can be a way of defecting and being uh, defensive, fear, shame. We don't, we don't like pain or being uncomfortable, but unfortunately, that is, God, that is what, how God has to get our attention sometimes. If we're not listening, I have a hard time praying for people sometimes, and even myself, because it's like, well, maybe I need this to get he, for him to get my attention. And of course, not always, but that's my first thought. Okay, Lord, what is it that you're trying to get my attention that I'm not listening because you have to bring pain into my life? And pain can be emotional as well as physical. So what about um, our gifts and talents? What may they be? You may already be using them. But what if God is wanting you to give more? How do, you, how do I tell what my gifts and talents are? I'll, I'll let you think about the first questions, but um, I will, let's talk about how you can know what your gifts and talents are. What do you like to do? What are you good at? And if you can't figure that out or you don't know, because sometimes we don't have the, even the confidence enough to think we even ha- I know I didn't think I had any gifts and talents. It's like I didn't think I could even see anything good in me. Um, so ask somebody. We may not see it because we think we're insignificant, but anything that is used for God's glory, he will use and bless. I struggled with this. I thought if I had, didn't do anything, something big or huge, it wouldn't make a difference or matter. God has shown me that if I'm willing to be obedient, he will do something even if I don't see the results. And once again, God gave me another thing on Sunday. When I was worshiping, he asked me to do something, and it wasn't anything big. 
It was just weird, and I'm like, is that you? Do you really want me to do that? I mean, why? I'm questioning, questioning, questioning. And it's like I tried to push it off, tried to push it off, and I'm like, okay. And I'm just being real. I said, God, I've stepped out so many times and seen nothing. I, I want to see something for stepping out. If this is me trying to hear your voice, this is me trying to be obedient, I want to see something, God. And he did, but it was, I mean, so I did it, and after service, a couple people came and said something to me about that, and I said, you know, they were saying that I blessed them, and I'm like, you can't believe how you blessed me, because it just was reaffirming to me that I am trying, and God is talking, and I am trying to listen, and he doesn't, but the, the thing of that all is, we don't know the little insignificant, seemingly things we do, how they affect people, so it was just God giving me that blessing to see that. So that was very cool. Um, okay. Okay, so everything we do makes a difference. Let's look at what the word has to say. First, we have to remind ourselves that we are new and not whole, tight to the old because they are comfortable. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Okay, Ephesians 2, 10 through 18. What does that mean exactly? Okay, so these next scriptures will say, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Second Corinthians twelve, four through thirteen. Now there are varieties of gift, but the same spirit, there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. I took a different version because I like that part where it said it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. To teach to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So our gifts and talents aren't meant to be hoarded for our own comfort or whatever. They're to bring the body together. They're to help the body be healthy. First um, Timothy 4.14, neglect not, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. We all have blind spots or weaknesses, but we all have strengths. Um, I want to leave you with a few specific suggestions that might be helpful. Two, best, two of the things I like to do for my body, or, and is for anybody, is to stretch and strengthen your muscles. Did you know that you can stretch and strengthen your muscle at the same time? That's like multitasking for you. You just have to breathe deep as you stretch. The tissue will then soften, and because you are holding the stretch, you're also strengthening the muscles. One of my favorite ways to stretch is when you take a muscle to its limit, Add resistance to the muscle, and you will find that the muscle has gotten more flexibility. So say you had a sore wrist that can only go this far. You would push, and then you would be amazed at you, the, the mobility that you get by putting that pressure on. So that's what God does to us sometimes. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Two best things we can do for our body, the church, would be fasting and praying. When we fast and pray, we are stretching and strengthening our spirit. We don't like it, but just as with the resistance stretching, we will be stronger and more flexible in the spirit. Isaiah 58, 6-9, If not this, is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of the wicked, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that they may break every yoke? I think that is like... One of the pivotal 
reasons we are a body is to bond together so we can break those those yokes for people and for ourselves. Ephesians six eighteen through 20, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, which I am ambassador in bonds, that there and I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I think this is, is very important too because I think the devil gets us where we don't say anything, you know? We don't open our mouths. We have all this, I'm speaking for myself, I, I'm so blessed. And it's like, sometimes I feel like I need to give it out because I don't want to keep it. But I think the devil gets us saying, well, no one really cares and no one really wants to hear this or whatever, but that's not what the word says. So, okay, so suggestions that might help us to be aware of the lies one of the biggest one is listen to what comes out of your mouth. Luke six forty four and 45 says, For every tree is known by its fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. That is so true. I watch myself and I, like, it's like, why did you say that? So then I check my spirit. It's like, really? Okay, so God gave me my mouth, but he also gave me my little huckleberry because when I, when I look at him, I see myself sometimes. So God has to give me lots of things to, to check myself. But what comes out of your mouth is very important, and it's a first flag to tell you, oh, maybe my heart's not right. Like if you're angry and something comes out in jealousy or pride or whatever, God will try and reveal those hidden things. Um, Number two is seek his face. We gain humility, wisdom, and strength when we seek God. Um, Deuteronomy 4.29 But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. That's a lot. With all your heart, with all your soul. You know, sometimes we think we're tired and whatever, which we are, we are human, I'm not trying to put too much on us, but sometimes I think we give ourselves too much excuses, you know, I can't do this because of this, or I can't do that because of that, sometimes if you want to push yourself a little farther, you might see what might happen, (laughs) I've been through enough physical therapy, like I can't do that, yes, I could do that, (laughs) okay, another thing that's really important is be intentional, Give yourself something to focus on, but don't give yourself like a whole thing. Just pick one or two things to focus on, or you'll give up. You will. Your mind will be like, no. I even had someone say that actually at work. God gave me another example. At work, a guy hurt his foot, and I was asking about his rehab and stuff, and he said, yeah, they gave me a whole list. And I read the first page, and I threw threw it down because I got overwhelmed. And I said, no, pick it back up. Just do one or do two consistently. And he's like, oh, I will. But it was just funny because it's the point, you know. Two pages, it's overwhelming. People won't do it. But if you take one little thing at a time and then add something else to that and add something else to that. Um, Okay, so even like maybe some suggestions would be fellowship. Connect more with others in and out of the church. Worship, sing in the spirit. Do things that we don't do as apostolics anymore. Sing in the spirit, dance in the spirit, shout. 
Um, you know, and even something seemingly as insignificant as smiling at someone. I was in the store one day, and I try to smile at people when they come my way, when I catch eye contact, and this man literally, okay, just said it sounded bad. He wasn't trying to hit on me, I promise. <laughs> he was a younger man. He was just said, you know, nobody stops and smiles at people anymore. He said, thank you for smiling at me. You know, I'm like, well, sure. You know? But it just made me sad, too. Especially, like, what is rampant right now is, is suicide and people thinking that they're nothing. And if we can at least, like, try and catch people's attention, you know, try to be more sensitive, maybe we could catch some of that stuff before things get to be in too bad of a place where they feel that they have nothing. But a simple smile could make a person make a comment to me that doesn't even know me. I, that's, that just proved to me that the little things do matter. Um. Uh, do things that other people are not willing to do. And I want to be specific here. I would like to um, have you consider stepping out more in your worship. We know that there's a difference between praise and worship. I had a thought the other day that if you saw a person, a child, whatever, um, doing something or going towards something harmful, you wouldn't just go, hey, you better not do that. You would probably get up and do something. You know, there would be a desperation in you. Um, that's kind of how I feel the difference between praise and worship is. is. It's good to praise God. He deserves it. But the, I feel the worship is a little more desperate. Is a little more hungry. I, I want you, God. I want what you have for me. And, and we, we can't just sit there and get that. We have to put some effort into that. And it's uncomfortable sometimes. And you think, oh man, people are watching. Who cares if people are watching you? You're pleasing God. And if he asks you to step out and do something... Just do it because you will be blessed and, the, and others around you will be blessed. You won't even know. That's the cool thing about it is we don't even know. We don't even know, <laughs> really. Um, let's see. Worship brings the connection to God that we need. I fear we have lost our fear of God. Don't get me wrong, I don't think we've even realized it. It's that um, unconscious self-preservation protection mechanism that the body uses. We just lull ourselves into thinking this or that and whatever, you know. But I, was, I read something the other day, it was about Moses. Just like Moses went up to the, the mountain, you know, and what happened when he was down there? Well, the Israelites got in trouble. And I used to make fun of the Israelites when I first came into church. I'm like, how can you do that? I get into trouble too. We do it. But the difference between Moses and them is Moses feared God enough to go towards God. They just had the fear of what God would do to them. So they had a scary fear of God, where Moses had a reverent fear. So it brought Moses closer, but it, they went the other way. And, and that's, you know, we're, we're not perfect. We're going to mess up. But we should never be fearful to go that way. We should be fearful to fall this way. Go forward, fall on God. Um, life has gotten us tired, worn down, and distracted that we don't even realize we are where we are sometimes with God. To me, this is a red flag that we are trusting in ourselves and not in God. And he is the only one that can truly help us and keep us. So let me leave you with some words of encouragement. Ephesians four fourteen through 18, that he henceforth that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they um, lie in wait to deceive. We are very deceived in this world. 
But speaking the truth in love, in love, may grow up, grow up in all him, grow into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We have to grow up, and we have to press in, and we have to do the things we do in love. From whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. That's unity. And what did the Tower of Babel represent? Unity. So the body, when it's functioning healthily, will be strong. We will reach them. We will have battles, but we will gather together. We will fight them together. We can't be standing alone. We, we have to be connected. And that is another thing that the society is not wanting us to be. We are so closed and thinking we're connected by Facebook or whatever. Not. That's not. It's being face-to-face. It's being fellowshipping and, and praying with each other. It's, if we want to affect them, that is, that's the way to do it. So I encourage you to do something you fear. Trust God and watch what he will do. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.